Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? All right, welcome to another episode of What is the Point? And we are here on this sleepy morning. <laughs> do it for you. With Will. Good morning. Or good evening. Or I, I guess I should. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good night. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Movie. I was referencing the Drake lyrics, but oh no, it's the Truman Show. And Jim of Carrey. course, I'm here with wait Heather. You guys have not seen the Truman Show. <laughs> I've seen the Truman Show. <laughs> okay, I was going to say Heather. it's a good show. No, of course I haven't. What's it's up, got uh, Jim Carrey in it, right? You haven't seen the Truman Show. No, that's the one where he's acting out his real life. Yes, everybody's yes. watching. That's Jim you Carrey, right? You kind of said it like, I know it, but I haven't seen it. Like, oh, it's got no. Jim Carrey. But like, I haven't seen it. I've never seen fun with Dick and Jane. No, that's just how I approach conversations. Like, I'm not a know-it-all. <laughs> but I'm not saying, I didn't say it like you You yeah, act like What that. are we insinuating? All right. Yeah. I'm just right. saying, I just, you know. I would like to talk about this offline. I like to be okay <laughs> to be wrong. Offline. I would like to talk about offline. this. Offline. <laughs> Uh, we're online right we need now. We have an important conversation after this. We do. We've got a couple. We've got a couple crucial conversations. Probably. We've already had uh, a few this morning. Right after that, <laughs> we 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 are a yeller. Yeah. We are. If we're a family, we're a yelling There've family. There's been some yelling yeah. this morning. I need to know. Do people like? Does, is this a normal? Like, does everybody uh, brush your teeth at night? Yeah. Yes, I, I think so. Can I think you, that's a normal yes. practice. Okay. Hey, if you don't. Let I, me know. I will say this. I need you guys it, to let me, all you listeners, let me know. If, if you're, you're a morning a, brusher. Yeah, if you're a morning brusher, let's talk. I'll switch you to a night brusher. <laughs> all right? Because it's way more important to brush your teeth at night than just in the morning. If you're going to pick one. Now, yeah. I would highly suggest both. There we go. But, I mean. I Do you do both? I, I I do, but I I would say if I'm gonna skip one, it's gonna be the morning. Don't lie in a <laughs> no, I I, I do God. brush my teeth in the morning, but but I uh, you know I my breath just naturally smells good. I just never have that problem. Mine does not. Lean forward. I'm Let just smell. kidding. Let me smell. No coffee breath. <laughs> Honestly, but I like coffee breath. All right, this isn't what we're talking about today. I had this a conversation even close. about my dental hygiene this morning. I yeah. do feel like all of us are on trial right now. Uh, nobody's safe this morning. Nobody. We are coming after everybody. <laughs> so we might have some hot takes on some things. Uh, but today we're talking about. Some crucial conversations, and um, you know, we'll, we'll get into what that is. But I almost feel like right off the bat, there's something called the Dunning Kruger effect. Have you Ooh, guys ever heard of this? Never. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I really have. I couldn't tell you. No, it's interesting. I heard about it on the radio first, um, like probably three years ago, and I had to look it up. But it's <laughs> it's uh, this bias where people with low ability, expertise, or experience regarding a certain type of task, they tend to um, they tend to overestimate their ability and knowledge. Oh yeah. <laughs> but people who are actually really good at something, they tend to underestimate Under, yeah. their ability and knowledge. And I think when it comes to navigating conversations, I think if you're like okay, one on one conversations, I'm really good at that let's sit with this podcast for a little bit, okay? Because I naturally come in thinking, I, I lived 
um, for years and years and years of my life with this cognitive bias that I am really good at navigating crucial mm-hmm. conversations. And then I had somebody show me mm-hmm. how I'm not very good at navigating it. And it blew up my blew up my mind yeah. when it came to um, how I approach conversations, how I talk to the people, the tone that I use, um, uh, the kind of perspective that I come into the conversation with. Uh, there's so many things that I felt I was actually doing wrong, <laughs> but um, let me get to you. What is a crucial conversation? What What are we talking about when we're talking about uh, these? Oh, are you gone? Um, no? I'm gonna let you, you have it. <laughs> uh, no, I I would say just a conversation that has a lot of weight. There's a lot of weight yeah. to the conversation. There's something that can impact a lot of people uh, or just the, the two people involved, whatever it is, but yeah. uh, where a decision has to be made, whether that be in a relationship, whether that be financial, whether it's uh, maybe how someone feels about a thing, like, you know, you, you feel disrespected, you feel mm-hmm. something that you feel that might alter the relationship um, is are, 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 is what I think about when I think of a, a crucial conversation. But you're at like an impasse, like it's like a fork in the road type conversation. Like mm-hmm. I, this has to happen. Happen, a decision has to be made. We can no longer keep going down the path that we're that we're on right now. Yeah. Uh, we we have to talk about this. I like that. I have nothing to add. That's great. <laughs> you <laughs> you left this. Heather speechless. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I've I've officially been replaced. You leave one time and your role gets taken. You know. Stop it right now. Stop it right <laughs> now. I I do. I do kind of land on the thought of saying whatever you want whenever you want. Uh, that's not really freedom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Real freedom is uh, feeling not feeling the need to have to say anything at all. Uh, wow. But when you come to these conversations, um, y- kind of what Will's saying, these have weight. These are something where there's emotions that are tied to it mm-hmm. and you can't not say something like this would be actually more damaging if you didn't right. have this mm-hmm. conversation if you let it sit which um i'm a prime person to just let things sit and see how they play out mm-hmm. and that may be one of my flaws of leadership uh <laughs> it's just nah, it'll work itself out see, i'm the opposite i feel like i have to say something you gotta you gotta <laughs> dig it like you gotta like, get it's it. probably a pride thing so i'm like i got to be yeah. totally. in control or i have to have the last word in this <laughs> totally. situation i can't just let things just uh. Yeah, I'm I'm with Will there. Yeah, if if it's if there's something to be said, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm not gonna say it the right way. That's that's my problem. Okay, 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 okay. Later about that one. Yeah. Well, we can get into why do we? uh, Which maybe you guys don't because now it seems like Will, you dive into these conversations. For me, like I tend to avoid them. So, like, why why would you tend to avoid a conversation like this? Or what does that look like? Uh, Okay, so I I do lean into them. At times, but the reason that I do avoid them uh, is because I'm I, I might say it the wrong way because I've done it enough times yeah. that I'm like, oh, I'm going, I'm 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 not in the right headspace, I'm not yeah. in the right emotional space to have this conversation, even though it is needed and I can have it right now, and honestly, the like the point will be made, but I want the relationship to still yes. be yes. in That's the right, right. place, yes, and so I'm, I'm not in the right mindset to save the relationship to continue to build this bridge. And so, if there is a conversation to be had, and I and I avoid it, it's it's 
more of that, not mm-hmm. from like an uncomfortable, which I know what that's one of the reasons why people would uh, avoid yeah. those conversations, just a little uncomfortable to have or fear of something or, or whatever. But I think for me, it's like I, I, I'm a relational guy and mm-hmm. I want to be liked and I want mm-hmm. to, um, you know, keep everybody cool and, and whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so that, that would be the reason why I hesitate at times to have those conversations. Yeah, and Will and I are very similar in in certain aspects. (laughs) Threes. Um, So I think a lot of things for us do come back to perception and to um, the way that we are perceived by other people, which can really get us into trouble and can be dangerous at times. But I do think of any time that there's been a conversation in my life that I'm like, I know I have to have this conversation or we have to have this conversation, but... I don't want to. It's usually because I'm afraid that the relationship will change after the conversation or their perception of me will change after the conversation. Um, And something that I'm just like notorious for, and I am curious if you guys do this or if I'm just crazy, but um, if I know that that conversation is coming up, I will like legitimately practice it in my head. Like I'm preparing for my final statement in a court of law. Like, okay. And then if they say this, this is going to be my argument. Or if they say this, this is my rebuttal. Like I'm fully going into these things. Like, I know I do that. And it's the control thing. It's like, I want to control the conversation and that's never helpful for me, nor the person that I'm in that conflict or just conversation with. It doesn't even have to be conflict, but Um, I think we do like we, we know that this is a fork in the road, like Will was saying, and like, it's going to change one way or the other after this. And none of us really love that. (laughs) I don't think it's just like, oh yeah, this is going to change everything. I can't wait, you know? And so, but I do know that anytime that I have passed up on an opportunity to have a conversation that I knew needed to be had, I, I always regret that. And, um, and I, we'll get into some of that later about really how you navigate some of those things. But I, I do just know anytime I've just done the hard thing and had the crucial conversation, I walk away and the other person walks away feeling better. And honestly, usually the com- like the relationship is better because you were able to, to do that together. So, um, yeah, I think I just typically avoid most things in life that cause me discomfort. <laughs> uh, but that's a big reason why. Give me, give me some examples. So are we talking about a conversation where we need to break up with our girlfriend or boyfriend? Are we talking about sure. uh, a boss that we're, you know, we want to raise? Is that a crucial conversation? Are we sure. talking like, like, oh, give me some examples of when you had these in your life. Easy. <laughs> I can, well, which, where do I start? Yeah. Um, well, I think <clears throat> one for me that was probably like one of the most pivotal in my personal, but also like my my faith life was when I first started dating Trent. And um, we had very, or we have very different stories, <laughs> very different um, pasts. And when I first started dating him, it, it came up very, very early in the conversation, way earlier than I ever would have <laughs> wanted to have a conversation about like, um, just like my, my history. And like, before I was a Christ follower, Trent was a Christ follower his whole life. And I just really wasn't. So, um, subsequently we had very different (laughs) lives up until the point that we met. Um, and that kind of came like to my attention, I guess, early in our relationship. And I just had this like deep knowing and like gut feeling that like, we have to have this conversation now, like sooner rather than later. And I, was like trying to give his answers for him, you know, Mm. when I'm like playing this conversation in my mind before I even bring it up to him. 
And it just like was not fair to Trent because one, it wasn't his reaction at all. Like the reaction that I thought that he was going to have and planned and prepared for was the exact opposite of the reaction that he had. And I like that after that conversation. And again, it was early in our relationship, but I was like, I'm going to marry this guy because like, that's the kind of person that I want, like in my corner, that's the person that I want to do ministry with. That's the person that like, that's just my person, you know? And if I wouldn't have had that conversation, I really don't know like where I'd be today. I probably wouldn't be married to Trent. <laughs> like, um, and that's just one example. I mean, there's so many others, like I can think professionally or even when I was, you know, playing sports and with family, like we are, we have so many people that we're in close relationship with and you don't even have to be in close relationship with. Like if you work, <laughs> if you leave your house, like you have relationship with people and at some point you're going to have to have conversations that are hard or that are a little uncomfortable. And I, I just, it, we're all going to be so much better off if we're able to have those harder conversations. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, I've had conversations with, uh, co-workers with bosses uh mm-hmm. you know stuff like that uh boundary conversations are <laughs> yeah. always ones that like ooh, like hey i need you you're not respecting my boundary or you know whatever um man i think one of the when i think when you asked that question the first thought i had was i actually had a, a friend who wasn't doing well um and we weren't uh i wouldn't say that we were close friends um, but we've known each other long enough uh, for me to ask a very simple question. Hey, are you OK? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kept putting it off because I knew the answer was no. Mm. Um, but I was like, I, I don't know how to navigate this. And then come to find out after asking that question, um, you know, he was just struggling with his mental health to the brink of like really just contemplating his own life. And, you know, after after having that conversation of being able to just be like, hey, are are, you know, are you okay? Just simple, just like Mm -hmm. that. I didn't have a solution or an answer for him, but it was a conversation of just like, hey, man, like I'm here for you. Um, And so like conversations like that, like see something, say something type deals, just like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, are are crucial conversations to have life changing conversations. Um, But also one thing I found in if you don't have the crucial conversation is usually you that ends up carrying that weight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and instead of, you know, getting the weight off your shoulder by sharing it with someone else mm-hmm. or, or talking to the other person that may have committed the offense or may be bothering you or there may be tension in the room. Like we've been in those rooms before totally. where there's definitely tension there and nobody wants to say anything about it. And so uh, but but you have the weight of that. And so, yeah, I think those type of conversations are, are necessary. But, yeah, there's so many different types of them that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in different spaces, depending on where you're at, are, are necessary to have. Yeah, I think there are a ton of crucial conversations, and I think they're different for everybody. Like, yeah. crucial conversation for me would not be, let me go ask for a raise. Because at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, definitely if there's conflict, I'm like, oh, I don't love, yeah. I don't want that. Whereas Will may be like, oh, I'm cool with that, whatever. You don't <laughs> like me? Fine, whatever. Like, <laughs> I just don't operate that way. I'm like, yeah. oh, you're Matt. So, Usually when I tend to, like why I tend to avoid these conversations is one is because I have to change Mm. (laughs) and I don't want to, I want to be right totally rather than putting down some of my preferences and uh, my rights and authorities to, uh, you know, have that conversation. I think the other thing that I'd have to do is uh, I, I can't make any more assumptions. 
Mm. Uh, because when you have the conversation, kind of like what you were talking about, Heather, you're mm. like, I'm prepared for every, I'm prepared for this, I'm prepared yeah. for that. He's going to respond this way. Yeah. Um, but when you have the conversation, there's no more assumptions. Mm. It's, oh, what did you mean by that? Oh, okay. Well, now I know. Now yeah. I know that wasn't intentional. Now I know that that wasn't your desire. Mm. Uh, now I know that that's just how I perceived it rather than what actually happened. And there's actually this this quote that's I, – I, I've said this in a podcast before, but I haven't like gone deeper into it. And it's when your first assumption is wrong, everything after that is wrong. And I think mm. we sometimes leading up to crucial conversations, we have an assumption. Totally. And that assumption can be wrong. To us, we've never even explored that. We're like, no way. <laughs> yeah. No way it's wrong. They intentionally did – this was um, – but there's actually this story in World War II where there's this um, uh, place, uh, this island in the Pacific where kind of Americans and allied forces would drop off these packages. And it was this little airport, planes would land, they'd drop off these care supplies, and the indigenous people on the island, um, they ended up, you know, they'd get the packages, but they ended up trading with the Americans, and they became, like, somewhat wealthy by doing this. And then the war ended, allies left, and the supplies dried up. And then so the the tribes, in order to get the planes back, because they're like, we want more care packages, we want to trade more with the Americans, what they would do, the only thing that they knew was that these um, Americans, they they would like march in a formation and they'd wave cones and <laughs> they'd, they'd follow this ritual and they thought the ritual is what brought planes oh, rather than just oh the, the U.S. Yeah, yeah. was sending them. And so their first assumption was it's because they did all this that the planes would come. And, uh, you know, it didn't matter how much they practiced that ritual you know, no, no planes would come. And Aww. it's, it's, if their first assumption is wrong, every following <laughs> assumption. Like, like, yeah, I'm just picturing Will it. is dancing that I'm out. dancing at it. Those look like, those good, those look good, like uh, good club moves right there, you know? Oh my gosh. Um, but it, but it is interesting, right? Because when we finally have the conversation, uh, we have to put down, we have to be okay with not being right. Um, mm-hmm. yep. Generally, we can't make any more assumptions and we are the ones who probably has to change. <laughs> or at least we have to change up to a certain amount mm-hmm. um, because we see this person also changing. And, and that's, um, I mean, that's what we're responsible for. Yeah. So uh, how, how do we navigate these conversations well? And this is maybe the key, uh, yeah. the key piece to it. I would love to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, sometimes it's less about... Um, and sometimes it's less about the conversation itself and it's more about how you, how you approach it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a million different ways to to take that. But I when I look back at, you know, just like all the, the times in my life where I've truly felt like I've walked away feeling like I'm like that was a helpful conversation, even though it was hard. Um, I think one of the biggest things for, for somebody like me who really does go into those conversations prepared, um, is a nice way of putting it. What I find myself doing is it's like a me versus them kind of mentality. Mm. And it's like, well, I'm here to prove my point and I'm here to show and tell you how I am right and how you are wrong. And I just like, don't think we're ever going to be able to meet in a place of resolution (laughs) when that's the mentality of like, I'm trying to prove to you something, or I'm trying to make you feel a certain, you know, type of way or believe the way that I believe. And I, I just don't feel like that's a helpful spot to, to be in. And what I find myself doing in those scenarios is I'm not actually listening to your side. Like I'm just responding. Like I, I'm hearing what you're saying, but yeah. it's it's support for the cause for me. 
And it's just not helpful. And then what happens is you have to have another crucial conversation because you didn't get anywhere with that one. Um, and not that we all like do this well all the time, you know, that like myself included, but I think that's just a, a big piece of it is like truly going into the conversation, trying to be open-minded and, and, and like, what's the goal of the conversation? And if the goal isn't like resolution, then I just yeah. don't know if you're ready to have it. Um, yeah. and, and that's like, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir there, but that's, that's, I would say one, one big piece of just of how to navigate those conversations well. Yeah, it's uh, the, you know Stephen Covey, right? It's the you know a win-win situa- situation. Can, mm-hmm. we, can we go into this conversation and and leave uh, with a win-win? He says it's not your way or my way; it's a better way and a, and a higher way. Oh, I like that. So I'm I, I you know to have those conversations again. I'm not great at that because I want to win. Uh, <laughs> like I want you to like I want you to see how I am right in this. Yeah. And so um, you know, and I love what you're saying. It's like look look at yourself first, like. Mm-hmm. Before before, even before those conversations, you know, look look inward and see, okay, is there something in me? Uh, is it possible that I may have misread the situation? <laughs> um, is, you know, you know, is this not true? Like, I, I remember having this conversation with a guy um, and, you know, perception, that perception, like, man, this guy's a jerk. Like, <laughs> he truly is. And then we go out to breakfast and I'm like, kindest guy in the world like love this guy uh and and i'm like okay yeah. maybe i'm just like misreading the situation here and he's, he's not in, intending to come off the way he is so um i think that and then also having some good people around you i yeah. think it's also helpful that will challenge your thought like i, I know that i've had some people and, and march you're one of those where i'm just like hey how do i go about this conversation mm-hmm. uh, and that's always been helpful for me because how i would want to go about the conversation if i didn't have those friends would <laughs> not in in when when situations it would not be uh you know uh, a bridge building type of relationship or a conversation so um so i think those are those are a couple ways that are are super helpful Mm -hmm. uh when it when it is to like navigate those conversations and then like i said you know fight for the win-win fight for that you know if you find yourself getting too hot back up you know like to to disengage for a little bit i think those are all helpful yeah um i had a a moment probably a few years back, probably three years back, um, <clears throat> where me and just another person on the team were buttonheads. Buttonheads, buttonheads, buttonheads. It was not. I thought we weren't going to talk about it. it. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you were on the team yet. All right, you know, and I was right. I'm just like, I'm right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what I started doing was kind of throwing this guy under the bus, exposing his weaknesses, you know, just kind of asking for things out in public and showing (laughs) off his response and how wrong it was. And I had a boss. Um, sinister. Oh, it, it was it <laughs> was it was malicious. Yeah, it was like I'm gonna show everybody how wrong this villain. guy is and how right and innocent I am. Right. Um, and it's it's interesting. I had a boss who came up to me, and he's like, "Martz, have you ever heard of something called EQ?" Uh-oh. And I'm like, uh, no. I'm like EQing like a sound. I don't know. No, he's like, no. It's, it stands for emotional intelligence. He's like, you should um, you should listen to a TED talk on that. Oh, I think that could help you. And I was like, what? Like I always thought I was like super. I'm like, I'm I'm. This is where I was like, I had that bias. I'm yeah. like, no no no. I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. Like, believe me, and I'm and I'm bodying this guy right now. Like, I'm good at it. <laughs> Drake, like, Drake McMill. I'm, I'm very body. intelligent right <laughs> back now. Back to back. Um, 
and it's it's so interesting because I, I I listen to this uh, podcast by Renee Brown, and I'm like, oh my word, I have no emotional intelligence right now. Wow, I am just like. I'm going after it because here's a few things that I didn't do is one, I was just thinking about how I could be right. Two, I wasn't asking any questions. And uh, three, I mean, my emotions were just running wild. I, I, it was all about me and how do I get what I want? Mm -hmm. And sometimes switching that thinking, um, it actually, it actually plays better in your favor. Um, for me, one was just asking questions. Uh, how do I ask questions that bring awareness instead of me just looking to rebuttal with an answer? And how do I bring questions that can actually transform our working relationship rather than for me to just get ammo and information to be able mm-hmm. to throw back in his face of, well, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do I just take myself out of the equation? You know, one of the things that I think about anytime you're asking for a raise, anytime you're, um, you know, having a conversation with uh, an employee or it's, it's just a crucial conversation that you're like, I got to navigate this well. Mm-hmm. One of the things I always think about is rather than laying out my problems on the table, and here are all the things I'm going through. And here's what, like, think about what they want. 100%. And I know that this is weird because you're like, ah, you know. But, like, it, I've, I've helped other people navigate these conversations. Like I said, I'm not amazing at it. But I'm like, okay, I get it. So if your boss is wanting something from you and you're just like, I'm overworked. I can't do it. But mm-hmm. I, So I got to have this conversation. Then go in with the assumption of thinking, like, okay, but boss, I'm going to help you get what you want, Mm -hmm. but it just may not be me being in this position and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Like if you're just going after, um, really what, what they want, it makes a difference because people are interested in what they want. We're all narcissists in some sort of way. (laughs) That's right. Right. Um, it's why you're listening to this podcast right now. You want something (laughs) I would think, right. You're not just like, man, I just part of the, maybe you are part of the family. I'm the the fourth person on the podcast. I, when I laugh, I'm kind of added in. I don't know, but um, I hope you are. I I hope hope you you are that way. (laughs) But I think that there's also something in you that's thinking, I mean, what I need to get something from this. I heard this, maybe, maybe a friend sent me this. I I, want to learn something. Um, People, uh, here's the deal. You don't, you don't bait uh, a hook to catch a fish with dessert, right? That's what we would want. You use a worm because that's what a fish would want. And it's the same thing. Like we don't bait people with what you want, find out what they want and show them how to get it. So it's kind of like trying to get a cow in the barn. You could push it, you could pull it, or you could just put what the cow wants in the barn. <laughs> like, and then the cow goes there. Um, it, it, it's very interesting, but it, it, like there's another book. It's one of my favorite books actually. Um, and I don't read too many like fictional books, um, but this one's called The Alchemist. And there's an interesting story in there that it kicks off with that um, I'll, I'll read to you because I think it's, it's worth it. Um, but I think so many times we go into conversations thinking, how can I come out of this crucial conversation with what I want? And you're not willing to change. You're not willing to grow. You're not willing to ask questions. You just want to lean on your assumptions and you only think of us. Uh, so there's this, this uh, thing in the alchem- alchemist. Uh, it's the legend of the narcissist. And it's a story of a boy who every day he'd uh, kneel beside this beautiful lake so that he could look at the reflection of the lake and, and look at his face. So every day he'd go do that. And he was fascinated with himself and his beauty. And one day he fell into the lake and he drowned. Oh. Yeah. And a flower was born, which was called uh, Narcissus, right? So, um, but this isn't the end of the story, okay? 
the narcissist died. Okay. Um, the goddesses of the forest, they appeared, they found the lake. Um, it was fresh water, but now it's salt water because of his tears. And it's kind of, it's kind of weird, this progression that goes on and, um, the lake, uh, the, the tree talks to the lake and it's like, lake, why are you, why are you crying? And the lake's like, well, because the boy, and she's like, yeah, it's so sad that the boy fell into the lake. And he's like, no, 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 no. Sometimes when the boy would um, come and, and look at his reflection in the lake, in his eyes, I could see my reflection. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, it's just a story of we are all looking at ourselves. Totally. Every time. Like if you take yourself out of the equation, I mean, this is like a superpower where you can actually see and notice other people. You can see and notice other people and what they're wanting and what they're trying to navigate and figure out. And your life is just going to be better when you help them get what they want. And in fact, when you help them get what they want, you end up getting what you want. It's an interesting uh, thing, but it is just a quick story showing, man, we... We all think of ourselves, and even mm-hmm. when we're going into crucial conversations, take yourself out of the equation. Yeah. Start to look at the other person as a person, and what are they going through? What do they want? What do they need? How can I help them get that? How can I ask questions that actually illuminate things within them that they've never even thought about? So why – yes. No, I got a question. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm throwing a random question here. What do you do when a crucial conversation doesn't go well? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know yeah. if you've ever been in that one, Absolutely. but I'm like, oh, this, like, I felt like I did it right. I feel like, you know, I did everything that I could, but this, not, the outcome was not great. Yeah. Or did you, know, you die? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the thing. And I do this all the time. It's not even just with crucial conversations, but anything in my life is we, um, we automatically go worst case scenario and we're like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And then truly for me, just asking myself, like, what is worst case scenario? And it's usually not that bad. Sure. Like some, sure, sometimes it can be, right? But mm-hmm. I think we just automatically are like worst case scenario. And and for me, I'm like, okay, worst case scenario is we table this conversation and we come back again later. <laughs> like being able to just like have the, the EQ, right? The emotional awareness to say like, we are not going to get to a resolution today. Like I am, <clears throat> I'm trying to prove you ro- wrong. You're trying to prove me wrong. Like, Let's table this and come back another time. Like, what's the harm in that? I, I honestly think that's that's better. Um, but it, I mean, yeah, it sucks when those conversations. I, I go. also think let's play the long game. Okay, <clears throat> think about um, anywhere that you've been for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've worked at North Point for eight years now. When I think about all the past employees. I can't remember a single time one of them dropped the ball on a deadline or didn't get me a video in time or the things that I would be like angry about. Right. Or the only things I remember is like, what's the tone in which they talk to me? Mm. That That's all. I literally can't think I, at the end of the day, I'm like, whatever. We survived that event. We yeah. did that thing. Like it was stressful, but it was fine. The only thing I think of is if that person um, blew up, if that person lacked emotional intelligence, if that person, um, you know, responded quickly and shortly and like treated me like I was incompetent or lesser than or that's all that I remember. Right. And those people, that's all that they remember of you as well. So even going into a, that, that conversation and you're like, oh, wow, I okay, I actually can't help you get what you want. In fact, the, all that you do care is about what you want and you don't care about other people. Um, okay, but at the end of the day, they're going to have a better view of you mm-hmm. because you helped them navigate. You walked through that with them. You didn't blow up on them. You took the time uh, to take yourself out of the equation and they're going to look at you in a better light. And I would say... <laughs> 
eighty percent of all jobs is just how oh yeah relationally how you navigate that. Yeah. Tell me tell me this. Why is this so important? Um, I think one of the big reasons why this is so important, and we've already touched on it a little bit, but is just because it's almost impossible to to avoid these these types of conversations. Um, we like I said, we have if you're in a if you're in a relationship, you're gonna have to have crucial conversations over and over and over again. If you are in relationship with your family, you're going to have to have crucial conversations over and over again. I would venture to guess if you're a parent, <laughs> you're going to have to have those crucial conversations. If you're an employee, like you get the point. It's mm-hmm. almost impossible to live a life and to completely avoid those types of conversations. And if you do, you you're probably miserable <laughs> because you probably feel like you're walking around on eggshells and you're just waiting for the next landmine to, to blow, you know? And so it's important because we're, 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 we're in these relationships where we have to have these conversations, but also anybody who wants to grow as a person, as an individual, as a parent, as a spouse, as an employee, whatever, this is going to be such a good muscle for you to flex and you'll be an asset anywhere. And your relationships will improve if you're able to flex that muscle well and you're able to really come to somebody in a vulnerable position and be able to to come together to a resolution. And I just think that like the world <laughs> will be better off if we're all better at having these crucial conversations. For sure. I uh, I love the scripture. I think it's in I think it's Hebrews twelve where it says, Make an effort, uh, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be mm-hmm. holy. Uh, and I, I think for a long time for me, peace was avoiding those conversations, not rocking the boat. Um, but as I got older, I'm like, okay, maybe the relationship is fine, but the, uh, there's no, there's no inner peace in me. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so important to have those conversations so that there is peace within yourself. There is peace within the relationship, um, that you, you know, like you said, that you learn to listen, you, you know, you seek to understand, you, you do all of those things, but, um, it's so that, uh, you know, your relationship with, with Jesus can be on display here that, 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 you know, obviously I'm saying not every goal, like every conversation you may not have may not be with another believer or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but doesn't mean that Christ can't be represented in these conversations, that Christ can't be shown in these conversations. So, um, so to be at peace, Peace um, uh, does not mean avoidance. Uh, lean into it and fight for peace. Uh, just hopefully, both, both people are fighting for the same thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. And uh, there's uh, a man much smarter than me. Okay, <laughs> once said, um, "When I was a young man, I wanted to change the world. Uh, I found it was difficult to change the world, so I tried to change my nation. And uh, I found I couldn't change my nation, so I decided to focus on my town." And then I couldn't change my town. And as an older man, I tried to change my family. Mm. But now that I am an old man, I realize the only thing I can change is myself. And suddenly I realized that if long ago I had changed myself, I could have had an impact on my family and my family could have had an impact on my town and their impact could have changed a nation and I could have indeed changed the world. And I know that we've, uh, I don't know, there's lots of quotes that center around that. But at the same time, how do we hold uh, the details more humbly? How do we live in such a way where we're open? uh, We're open to changing. We're open to um, seeing ourselves and, and taking ourselves out of the equation. And it doesn't just have to be about me and what I want at the end of the day. Um, you know, really putting in perspective of what's important, 
Um, and I, I think when you can navigate those conversations well, you honor other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes a pretty big difference, just like what Will said. Um, and what's the best way to reflect Jesus in these conversations? Jesus wasn't self-centered. <laughs> you know, e- even when you look at love, right? It's patient. It's kind. Yeah. It's not angry, it doesn't boast, it's not self-centered, um, it keeps no records of wrong. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've done those things. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not being loving in this conversation. Uh, I'm not being loving to this person. And so uh, as you're navigating that, how, how do you go in with that type of um, uh, balance and, and uh, that foresight? And so I know we've all got that challenge here at this table. Uh, we'll you mind sticking on the podcast a little bit after I've got a conversation to have with you? I'm just oh my! No problem. No problem. I'm talking about. <laughs> let's get into in real it. Time. Since I bring it up, example. am I going to be the one who has to change? Yeah. <laughs> no, let's talk about some coaches. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we love you guys, and as always, if you've got questions, will email us at what is the point at northpointchurch.tv. Nice. The longest email ever. Yep. Or DM us at northpoint mo.ya nice (laughs) all right we'll see you guys next week see you